You're listening to episode 23 with Greg Wukash. This episode is brought to you by Drop Counter. Hi, this is Samantha Villegas, president of Savvy PR. This is the podcast that is demonstrating the power of women in the water sector. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. We're dedicated to sharing stories that demonstrate how communication and collaboration move things forward. If you want to overcome your challenges, then you have to build relationships. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or resource to give you the tools to curate connections with your customers that create impact. Hey, dude, do your kids ever leave the water running? Yes, all the time. Sinks, faucets, water hoses. Hashtag problem solved. Utilities can now automate leak alerts with JobCounter, the customer portal built for water utilities. JobCounter helps customers manage their water use and avoid unwanted usage with leak alerts. The team works with the utility to set automated bursts and continuous usage thresholds for their users to help them avoid bill surprises, reduce customer calls, and improve customer satisfaction. The leak alerts run in the background. Your team never needs to think about them. Kind of like magic. Find out more about Job Counter and the work they're doing at theh2duo.com forward slash drop counter. Today we welcome back our friend and mentor Greg Wukash, who is the external affairs manager at the San Antonio Water System. He's our friend, he's our mentor, and you can hear more of him on episode three or at Catalyst and you'll probably hear from him several more times on the podcast because every moment with him somehow becomes a teaching moment but and it's awesome. So Greg gives us a recap of the Transformative Issues Conference on Affordability that went down in Washington, D.C. in summer 2018, as well as some new leadership takeaways he gained from the annual leadership summit he attends each year. The overarching theme was courage and that it takes courage to be a leader. Simon Sinek was a speaker and said, it takes courage to believe in a cause bigger than yourself. And Carla Harris with Morgan Stanley explained that fear has no place in your success equation. It takes courage to be a leader. So without further ado, let's get to the show. So you may have heard episode three with Greg Wukash from the San Antonio Water System. Uh, if you have listened to all of our podcasts, you are probably annoyed by the number of times that we bring up his name because it's, I think, literally probably once an episode. Every episode. Yeah, every episode. So we continue to say Greg Wukash from Saws and we're like, dude, everyone knows who Greg is. You're like a first name basis now on our podcast, Greg. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. So I have listened to every single one of your episodes. <laughs> And, uh, and I have to tell you that every single time my, my face turns beet red when, <laughs> when you mention my name. So, uh, awesome. but I, but I do appreciate the love. Thank you. Well, you know, you get mad love from us, but, um, there were a couple of reasons that we wanted to have Greg on and I hope that everyone is, um, comfortable with the fact that we'll have him on several times. Duh. He's our mentor and he's always teaching us stuff. And this is stuff that we want to share with everyone else, but, Um, it's just, we always come out having like really amazing conversations that I think, uh, I don't know, we enjoy having them. So I can imagine that other people would enjoy listening to them. (laughs) Um, I enjoy them. I enjoy them all the time. Yeah. I mean, for, for a while there, we had a pretty long stretch of time where we hadn't hung out and it was just like sad times, but, um, Catalyst was uh, was a party, so it was it was amazing. But um, the reason that I wanted to have you on today was 
because I know that you recently attended the affordability conference in Washington, D.C., and also because I know that kind of almost back to back to that, you attended a, the leadership summit that you go to. How many years has it been now? Oh, gosh, I think this was my 12th or 13th year. Wow. wow. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, the, and every single time this is on your dime and your way to pour back into yourself, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I think I said in the last time that we talked that it's uh, incumbent upon each of us, uh, it's called self-leading, self-feeding. And if you're going to, if you're going to grow as a leader, you're going to have to take responsibility for your own leadership and, and, and really find ways to be poured into and not wait for others to, to, to do it for you. So this is my way of, of every year of kind of recharging and, and, uh, and pouring into myself. Exactly. Love it. And I, we were actually just talking about you on our way back uh, to the office to have this call and it was about leadership. Uh, so we'll get to that in a minute, but I wanted to kick off a little bit with affordability. Um, that's kind of like the hot button issue. I mean, I feel like it kind of is all the time, but certainly now and certainly with this conference that just went down in, in DC. So we lived vicariously through you via Twitter at that conference and enjoyed seeing you mingling with the other badasses in the industry. But can you kind of just give us really quickly, like, uh, like what was that conference all about? Yeah, well, I, I think, I think I tweeted out um, at some point that it was to me the most relevant and timely conference that I probably had ever been to. Um, and, and because affordability and affordable water issues are really beginning to, to kind of make their way uh, to the to the very uh, top, and 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 different cities are now beginning to have this conversation. So it was really amazing to see all the cities who had um, fairly high, powerful people that were there, not just in the water industry, but but uh, folks from cities that wanted to come and have a discussion and hear what the latest thinking was about um, making water affordable for all of our customers. And uh, so yeah, it was it was a really amazing. Uh, time together for a couple of days of, of meeting some some incredible people doing some great work and uh, and just sort of uh, collaborating and, and what everybody's doing. So it was wonderful. Nice. Uh, and you said that Manny Teodoro, who is an associate professor at Texas A&M, <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he kicked off the, I guess you would say the opening session. And I like that you talked about how he said that you know, so many times in the water world, especially in our world of education or communication, we're always kind of looking to each other and seeing what each other's doing to get ideas. And But he kind of stressed how affordability is a different animal and you can't really, uh, you can't really pluck one program from one city and just infuse it into another because every city's situation is so unique and different and it really involves being incredibly knowledgeable about your own community and the, the demographics. yeah the the demographics and the trials and tribulations and struggles of of your individual city and you guys have i mean in my opinion since i've been familiar with your program you guys have always been really good about embedding yourselves within your city so talk a little bit about your program cuz i know that when we met you you weren't connected to the affordability program and now you are. So kind of talk a little bit about how you guys are doing things there and how showing up and doing the hard work of getting out into the community has really helped move you guys forward. Yeah. 
so uh, just to kind of back up a little bit, um, when I uh, took over the manager's job here in the department uh, two years ago, um, affordability is one of the departments, one of the three groups that I have the privilege of being able to, to lead. And, and, and in fact, I'll be honest with you, I was probably the most excited about, about that group because there was, there's incredible potential there. And we already have a really great program, but I, I just saw something that we could, we could kind of take even to the next level. And, um, and so we, you know, we did some what I call plumbing work the very first year. We had to begin to look really at where the clogs were in the plumbing, mm -hmm. where things were getting held up. Mm -hmm. And so the, we spent really an entire year just sort of un unclogging that and, and getting things um, uh, moving forward accordingly. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and so this conference comes about right at the right time when we're getting ready to launch a whole new initiative uh, with affordability. We're, we're kind of combining all of our programs together into one program called Uplift, and that will be launched in, in October. And so the timing of this conference was great. And, and I went to Washington with this idea of, yeah, we're, we're doing really great stuff in the community, but I wanted to get kind of a, a sense of, of uh, where are we in, in relation to a lot of the other cities and what they're doing as far as affordability is concerned. And Dr. Uh, Teodora was the, like the kickoff. He, yeah, he was the guy that kicked it all off. And I think it was like the second or third line out of his mouth was mm -hmm. like, was like, you should never compare yourself to other cities because every city is different. And mm -hmm. I remember like, I was like, well, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. And, and, you know, three lines into it, it just sort of knocked the wind out of me. But then he was right. He, he kind of unpacked that a lot more about every city, every demographic is different. Uh, every city is dealing with different, you know, uh, infrastructure issues and those kinds of things. And so he was, he was right on and he, he really did a great job of reframing um, affordability programming in each city right off the bat. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so to answer your question just real fast about outreach, um, yeah, we, we've actually already um, hit our metric for the year. Uh, the, the goal this year was to enroll 28,500 families into our program. And uh, two weeks ago, we, we, uh, we hit about 28,700 families. So we're on our way to about 29,000 this year. And uh, we, we just do it with really good old fashioned, hard work, uh, authenticity, being in the community, going to where the people are, talking to our customers, and, and then we let the results uh, kind of do the talking for us. What were some other takeaways that you really got from uh, Dr. Teodoro's opening? Or was that kind of like that just gut punched you and you were, <laughs> you're done? Yep. No, I, no, I think, I think he, he kind of, um, we were kind of in awe of what he was saying. I, I actually remember sitting there going, oh my gosh, I have to take notes. I mean, I'm, I, was, <laughs> I found myself not even taking notes because I was just too busy listening uh, mm -hmm. to, to kind of what he had to say about it. And, and I think we all kind of felt the same way. And then there was a question and answer session, you know, at the end and, and people really wanted to ask a whole lot of questions of him. Uh, but he, yeah, he was the perfect person to really uh, get, that, get that kicked off and kind of get that uh, moving forward. Well, Arianne felt like she was there because you found his opening speech, right? Yeah, he had it. He had kind of transcribed it on his um, website, and mm -hmm. that was awesome because I could just read exactly what he was saying, and um, it was I was engrossed in it. It was fantastic. Um, yeah. So I, for anybody who mm -hmm. missed it, you yeah. can go check mm -hmm. it out on his website, mannyteodoro.com. dot com. Yeah, so yeah. Check it out. And he's active on Twitter too. So he's got it all up on there. 
Yeah, yes. he's written several. He's written several articles. Kind of mm -hmm. the the they put a compilation of articles together for for each of us mm -hmm. in, into kind of a book form. And he had you know he had one or two that were that were in there. So he is yeah he's he's uh, widely known as as, mm -hmm. as that kind of person. And he's an Aggie. Oh, here well, we look go. Look at that. Look here at we that. Go. Actually, um, actually, I think at the conference in D.C. there there were only two Texans in the whole room. It was oh, myself man. and him. Yeah. And I actually went up and introduced myself as a fellow Texan, uh, and, uh, and 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 we talked. So yeah. Night. Um, <laughs> that's right. Southside. Uh, <laughs> well, now I went off. I was gonna say, oh, if you are an AWWA member, you can download that um, compilation of articles. And <laughs> I can't concentrate because Greg's holding his head that's on a palette stick. <laughs> Um, next to his face, so it's like I'm looking at twin Gregs. Anyways, if you're an if you're an AWWA member, you can download the entire symposium's compilation of articles um, for free. I got to do that, and you can also listen to Wef's Words on Water podcast yeah. because mm -hmm. Travis mm -hmm. Loop interviewed Manny Teodoro, I believe, at the conference. So he did. He did. Yep. I'm glad it's yep. all kind of coming out at the same time because this is a really um, hard issue to deal with, but it's so important. Um, I want you for anyone who is kind of trying to figure out what, what it means to do more outreach. Tell me more about what, where you're going, where are you meeting when you say we're meeting them where they are? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, we, we're actually kind of using some terminology right now, at least I am. I don't know if the team is, but I am. It, it called more humanized outreach, and we we realized that with our uh, with our education program, the Rain to Drain uh, experience that we do for the community. That, and I think I mentioned this maybe in the first uh, podcast. That uh, one of the things that was surprising about that uh, was it wasn't the information or the places that we were going that was the most impactful for the Rain to Drain tour. It was the people who were actually leading the tour. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the comments we were getting back from people were, we were making the San Antonio water system more humanized by mm -hmm. the tour guides that were leading that. And so taking kind of that concept, we, we started applying it also to, to one of the other departments that I, I lead, the outreach uh, department here at SAWS. And we started looking at how do we then take personalities and a humanized approach to the, to the outreach that we're doing. But we're already doing a great job in social media. We're doing a great job in public relations and, and, and mass kind of mass media. But as far as outreach is concerned, how do we begin to quote unquote rub shoulders with more of our uh, community members, more of our customers, more of our neighbors, quite frankly. And so uh, it's really identifying then where the, where the people in San Antonio are actually already gathering and then going to where they are versus trying to set up events and trying to have everybody come, you know, our direction. Mm -hmm. And so we've taken a real purposeful, um, uh, laser-focused approach on that this summer. We we implemented a uh, an outreach this whole summer called um, hashtag Saw Summer, and uh, we picked about 12 different places around the city, and we just kind of did these pop-ups where. You know, one day we were out at uh, Hemisphere Park giving out uh, paletas for free for an hour. Mm -hmm. And we, of course, used social media to let people know that we were out there. One day we were over at the, the, the train that goes to the Breckenridge Park, and we, we gave out free tickets uh, to, to that. We gave out free tickets 
to uh, Splashtown Water Park. Um, so we were all over the city, um, really just engaging with people. And probably, probably my favorite one, which was, which was at the, I think the very end that we did, I went over to the Pearl and every Wednesday night, mm -hmm. they have these literally hundreds or a thousand people that show up just to sit outside together mm -hmm. and sort of have picnics. And that little and, green uh, space. Oh, don't think we weren't jealous space. looking at that. You guys had um, a little DJ yeah. van and everything. <laughs> and and we showed up with our water and and just provided water for people for two hours. Uh, we also did that at a at a drive-in movie theater, which nice. is no longer the drive-in. People actually come out and sit on the on the grass now. And so we Very went out cool. and provided water for them. So it's it's going to where the people are already gathering. That's the that's the plan. Yeah, and I mean, you started. You hooked me when you started out at the coffee shops and the breweries. Yes, and it was fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. besides the obvious, um, those are my two favorite drinks. Um, but it was, uh, pretty amazing to see. It's like, oh my gosh, uh, a government entity is in a brewery. Mm. Like yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Just go there where the people are and have these conversations. And you told us about some amazing conversations that you got to have with, with people who were there just hanging out. So yeah, yeah. You have to kind of get past that. Um, I guess that stigma or that, you know. Well, you also have to get the past the fact that, you know, that there's going to be at least one negative comment about, you know, well, why are they out there doing this or that? But I mean, it's not about that one person. It's about the people that you got to have a face-to-face -face conversation mm -hmm. with. And, you know, now they have a positive experience with their water utility that they can then share with, mm -hmm. with other people. I mean, it's amazing. I just want people to understand how simple it is. You're yeah. not you're not going out there with buckets and buckets of swag and booths set up and this and that. And, you know, you're literally just popping up with, you know, for an hour's worth of handouts and which I don't know, maybe in saws is buckets and buckets worth of swag, <laughs> but you're literally just showing up and you're just being there, you yeah. know? And no, I, no, I actually, I, I, no, I, I actually completely agree with you. And in fact, let me, let me, if I, if, if I can for just a second, yes. take a little, take it a little further because Please. you know, you, you can't be afraid to, to, to try something else, uh, try something out. And then of course, if it doesn't work in that moment, be a, not be afraid to just change it at, you know, change it the last second. So here's a quick example. The, one of the breweries, the first night that we actually went to a brewery, got a, a really great um, connection with them and they said, yeah, come on out. And, we couldn't, we couldn't get, give away free beer, but we could give away free glasses for everybody mm -hmm. that came out, right? Yeah. And so, of course, in the back room, they, they had a set up in the back room. And, of course, being who I am, right, and being what we normally do as kind of as quote-unquote water educators, right, I went out and I set up the whole PowerPoint. I'm going to have this PowerPoint <laughs> on, you know, water and beer and, and how, mm -hmm. how all of it works together. And, you know, it's like a 45-minute talk. And so sure. all these people all these people showed up and, and, and I was excited. Wow, there's all these people and they're going to come see my PowerPoint. And, like, nobody came over to where the projector was at. Mm -hmm. All they wanted to do was drink a beer and then, and then go and, and, like, do a tour. So we literally, after I kind of noticed that, okay, this isn't going to work, instead of forcing the PowerPoint, mm -hmm. we literally turned off the projector. We just went, okay, we're not going to do that. And then the staff actually just went and began to mingle in the crowd like we were part of the crowd. We went on the mm -hmm. tour with them. And then we, and they saw that, you know, we were there from SAWS. And so then that was able to, to open up conversation. So mm -hmm. you, you're absolutely right. It's not difficult. You don't have to put a lot of money in it. Um, and just try it. And then if you notice that it's not working the way that you think it was supposed to, don't be afraid to just at that moment say, okay, 
we're going to try something completely different and then you know move forward accordingly. Yep. Love it. And those relationships are, you know, priceless because, you uh, know, like I said, you've, you've won, you've won people over and you've had a presence and you've, you've demonstrated that, which kind of goes to the whole idea of this, like utilities are being kind of forced to take on, uh, and not forced in a bad way. It's just kind of the way that time and the world have evolved is that they're now being, they might feel like they're being forced into a place where they no longer can kind of be the man behind the curtain anymore. And there's a different level of expectation for, for public involvement. And this is really moving more towards kind of like that social side. And I think the last time that we talked when you were kind of giving us our own little private rundown of your experience at uh, the affordability conference, you touched about, you touched on how we're sort of like at this moment in our industry where, um, cause you know, you were talking me down from, from frustrations that I feel <laughs> and you're talking about how we were kind of at this moment where you have this super analytical side kind of meeting this more social science side and those two ideologies don't always understand one another or make sense with one another. Um, so could you kind of like go into a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's funny and, and, and I, y'all know my background, but, um, when I first got to the San Antonio water system, uh, just shy of 20 years ago, uh, I was really working with a whole bunch of, of scientists, scientists, right? They were biologists and wildlife biologists and sort of hydrologists. And, and I remember that that first year or two, they used to say things to me like, oh, you're, you're that, you're the soft science guy, right? Yeah. Because my background is social science. And so, you know, they were like, oh, you're the soft science guy. And, you know, we're the hard science guy and people. And, and so, you know, here we are sort of 20 years later. And I think that the, um, you know, the quote unquote soft science people are really, really needed in this industry and, yeah. and are, again, are kind of coming to the top and are, and are kind of helping, um, you know, maybe some that, that have a little more analytical brain and, and who are really, really good at what they do. They're just not super great about how to communicate what it is that they, that they do. And that's really our job as, as communicators, educators is to, is to make what this important work that we're, we're doing in our cities, make it understandable, um, for quite honestly, somebody who doesn't really even think about water ever, right. Ever. And they, just, they, they don't think about it ever. And, and so we, we make it, um, palatable. We make it interesting. We make it uh, engaging and that's, that's our job. That's our responsibility. And, and, and I do think that it's interesting how we're kind of coming, I don't want to say full circle, but like the old becomes new again. I mean, there was a time, right. When it was all about human connection, one-on-one talking to people. And then we kind of, you know, through the years have moved toward more of this disengagement kind of model, I guess. And I hear all my friends saying, Oh, you know, nobody today really wants to be around other people. They just want to be on social media. But, but a couple of weeks ago when we were at the Pearl and, and I, and I saw thousands of people on a Wednesday that were there, mm-hmm. you know, having picnics with one another. Um, I, I, I think I tweeted that out, but it's like, this just completely shows me that that's not true. People right. want to be around other people. Mm-hmm. And this is just a great audience and an opportunity for us to then bring that story of water yeah. uh, right into the midst of all, all of those people. Yeah. They want to be more so than ever before. I mean, yeah. 
or there social animals. Been, there might have been, there was a period of time, I'm sure, where we as a society were so excited about all of this new social media and our awesome smartphones that can show us the world and then some. Never have to leave the house. And, <laughs> but I mean, that's only lasted so long. It, people crave that one-on-one -on -one interaction now and that face-to-face. I mean, there's a whole in real life, you know. Hashtag bit. water in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, reason. there it is, right? That's yeah. Why. yeah, right, right. And, and I mean, um, well, I just, that's why customer service, you know, folks get a bad rap because, you know, they, people are wanting, you know, it's gotten so automated that people are wanting that, you know, the good customer service people are the ones who ha actually have the real folks in your community answering the phone very easy to get a hold of, very easy to communicate with, um, and questions answered. You know, that's what the bar is low. You know, <laughs> the bar is low. You just got to show what, up. Arianne, are you, you're at, are you actually, are you actually suggesting that there be authenticity in, 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 in the way that we mm. come, come across with other customers? Did I just say that? Uh, I sure hope so. That's one of our core values. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that that's exactly that, well that's that's what it is you, you're talking about leadership summit that's actually one of the things that was talked a lot about in the summit this year was you know was being authentic and, and being an authentic leader uh and and not being somebody that you know puts up a, a shield and a mask and you know, disappears into an office and is never seen again that's not true leadership right and so if we're going to be leaders in the community i mean really if the water utility folks are going to be leaders in the community like we say we are then we're going to have to be authentic and we're going to have to be willing and, and, and wanting to uh, go out and be with our neighbors. These, these are our neighbors, right? These are the, these right. are the people that we're living by, we're working with. These are, these are our neighbors and, and we need to be out there with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to speak to your point, the latest Facebook commercial that's on TV now the whole thing is about this is what Facebook is about. And it's all of the examples of how people use Facebook to meet up with one another, whether it's invites mm. or meetups or it's all, it's not about commenting or liking or following or anything like that. It's a whole commercial about how people are using social media to actually be social in real life. Um, cool. And so I thought that was really interesting. And also because we just said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, there, there's been a, there's been a theme, I think, with your podcast. And, and I've noticed that, uh, you know, that's been a reoccurring theme uh, about, you know, about uh, being authentic and about, you know, being connected to your customers, knowing your community, knowing your customers. I think that's come out in a number of, of your uh, your episodes for sure. Yeah. Well, that's something that we found to be very important in our work that we were doing. And how one of the things that I've always told Arianne was like some of our best days at work were the days when we got to connect with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, face to face in a group, you know, just in real life. And you know, I always told her like, this is, this is how change is going to happen. This is how we're going to change the perception of people of our industry. I just wish that I could find a way to amplify this so that we can get this to more people sooner and so for us that's kind of been what the podcast has been for is to is to share that message and to try to get those stories out there because while we were in the city our that's why we you know took your advice and um some of your training and 
thought process about creating, you know, your end product, your ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So they could basically amplify our message for us and, and take it to another level. True that. So that's how you do it. That's how you do it. You want to get scalable. Don't, it's not necessarily technology. It's finding your ambassadors and getting them on your level um, of passion and knowledge and skills and stewardship. And then they'll, they'll lead the charge too. Yeah. 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 And it sometimes just starts internally. Yes. It always starts internally. (laughs) I feel like it it actually sometimes just start internally. But before we moved authenticity and the leadership summit, because I'm really excited to hear about that because we haven't really gotten to even touch on that. Um, like even off air about that. But before we did that, I thought one of, I wanted to wrap up the affordability topic with how the way you said that they closed down the, the conference that you went to. And that was by having a panel that not only included members from the industry and utilities, but also community advocates that are out there engaging with the public on these issues every single day. And I thought that's amazing and that we don't do that enough and that it's so important to reach outside of the circles that you roll in on a normal basis, because that's, to me, I feel like that's when connections are made and that's when the magic really happens. So can you kind of talk about that, that closing panel? Whoever, you know, put that together, it was a brilliant idea. It it really was. It was incredibly impactful way to sort of bring everybody together that, that was there into one room. And then all of a sudden you had these, uh, these industry professionals who were, you know, who were not, who were top flight industry professionals, people who've been doing it for a while and, and with, you know, pretty big cities. Um, and they're literally sitting right next to advocates for, for uh, the poor. I mean, that's, that's what they yeah. called themselves uh, for affordability. And, 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 and that was just an amazing sort of juxtaposition of, of conversation, of ideology, of, of all of it. And, and, and they had had a conversation, obviously, beforehand because they had alluded to the fact that I guess in some of the conversation that they had had, I think things might've gotten a little heated, right. When they were talking, <laughs> they were, they were trying to work out some of those things before I think they, they brought it <laughs> into the room yeah. and, and put it on, put it on full display. But, but it was amazing to hear uh, the, the, uh, the utility professionals talk about what we're facing in our cities with infrastructure repair, the costs of that and watching the, the advocates kind of, their eyes get a little bit big in terms of like, wow, we hadn't thought about it that way. But then the advocates talking about how that's impacting the people that they serve and that they're with every day and watching the utility professionals kind of nod their heads going, wow, we, we hadn't really thought about that either. And so it was just this great conversation. And I, I will just say kind of as the last part for that, um, there was a, there was a woman there. I thought she just, she was really bold and, and very honest. She's from the Washington DC area. And she said, you know, the only time that y'all ever come to us, uh, to the community, the only time that we ever hear from you is when you're getting ready to, to do a rates increase. Yeah. And, and she said, and by the time you get to us, we already know that y'all are going to pass it. And she said, we're not stupid. We, we know it's already passed, that y'all are just doing your quote unquote due diligence in the community. Mm. And, and I, I thought that was a really powerful statement wow. that, that yeah. really hit a lot of us in the gut and to go, it's true. And that, yep. that a lot of times is what happens. So, yeah. 
Well, that's, I, I agree. I think that was a fantastic way to end on it and a fantastic idea to do because I think both of those perspectives are incredibly important for the affordability conversation. And I hope that the organizers of conferences like the WEFs and the AWWAs of the world, and I know there's probably several other conferences that are going to come out of that in regional scope, uh, make sure to invite all of the stakeholders to the table so we can, mm-hmm. so we can get all of those perspectives. But now I really want to jump into the leadership summit that you went to. Maybe if you want to give us just a little background on that, but the biggest things that I want to do are um, kind of your biggest aha moments, what you really took away from it. Um, and then also maybe not something from this conference because you just went to it, but you're really good at, and we have tried to emulate your ability to take an idea from a conference, a presentation, a book, and actually implement it to actually change or improve something about you yourself or a process that you have at work. And so I'd like to kind of end on that. But if you want to just kind of give us a peek into what that leadership summit's all about, and then, um, your biggest takeaways that we know you have in that awesome journal of yours. <laughs> um, it's funny. I think that all of the topics we're talking about today are in my mind when I was, when I was sitting here thinking about uh, this conversation, they're all connected. I mean, I, I, I don't think that we talk about affordability uh, if we don't talk about the global leadership summit that I just went to, if we don't talk about being in Washington, DC, right? It's all or an outreach. It's all connected. And so that's how my brain works. It, it always tries to take all of the pieces and tries to put them into some kind of way that I can process it uh, to, to make it usable. Uh, because if it's not, then it's just all theoretical and uh, theory doesn't, doesn't usually cut it all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I would, I would say that for me with, with summit this year, um, I don't know that there was really any, aha moment for me this year but i but i will say again that the timing was really great because the two things that i sort of took away from this year was uh, the first topic was really courage to lead and uh and, and there were sort of two points there that were pretty impactful um it, it, uh, simon sinek actually was there and uh yeah he was there were you like and- <laughs> i'm the simon of water <laughs> no i didn't say didn't? that but he uh <laughs> But he said something. It was it was great. He just, you know he said it, it takes courage to say you believe in a cause bigger than yourself, mm. and 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 I thought that was was really cool. And then one of those speakers, Carla Harris, with with Morgan Stanley, said, uh, "You must be comfortable taking risks. Uh, fear has no place in your success equation. It takes courage to be a leader." And so I, I, that was really timely for, for me because we're, as I mentioned a while ago, we're getting ready to launch this new initiative with affordability in October um, called Uplift. And, and it's, it's, um, it's something new and, it, yeah. uh, and it's, it's pretty big. It's much bigger than, than me. It's much bigger than even our organization. And to be quite honest with you two, um, there's been plenty of times when I said to myself, things were going just things were going fine with our affordability group. Why did you have to come in and try to do something bigger? And, and I have almost lost the nerve at various times Mm -hmm. uh, to, to, to to really lead that. Hundreds and hundreds of listeners. So you just said that to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, 
Absolutely. And I think, <laughs> yeah, I think we all have to look at ourselves in the mirror and be honest about the fact that, that sometimes we just, we start doubting. Yeah. We oh. start doubting. Right. Yeah. And so because yeah, well, we're human. And so the second point then was, uh, it was it kind of connected to that was not being afraid to make mistakes. And, mm -hmm. uh, Danny Meyer, who, uh, is a restaurateur and works for the, he's the CFO of the union square hospitality group. He said, and I don't know that he he made this up, but he said the the road to success is paved with mistakes well handled. Ooh. And again, that that hit me because I think at Summit this year they really um, discussed the idea of it's okay to make mistakes. Yes. Uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Have the courage to lead. Have the courage to lead with the idea that you might make mistakes, but handle them well when you do. Yeah. And, uh, and that were, those were my two real big takeaways this year from leadership summit that, like I said, immediately connects me to outreach and the affordability group mm -hmm. and everything that's going on right now. And so that's my, uh, that's how I'm going to uh, take away sort of what I learned and make it practical and what we're actually doing right now. Well, we're human and no one is perfect. And so I don't understand why for some reason in the work world, we kind of feel like we can't ever make mistakes. I feel like we're kind of destined to at some point along the way, but I, you know, I think also to go hand in hand with that is that you have to have the courage to be accountable to those mistakes and to own up to them and to admit when you're wrong and say, well, you know, we got to move forward from this and, you know, we're going to try and not do that again because we're going to learn from it and not repeat it. So uh, it's really hard to admit to that and it's mm -hmm. really hard mm -hmm. to own up to that, especially in our industry. Yes. Uh, yeah. Especially in, 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 well, in, an, in industry. an industry where you, you can't afford to have mistakes, you know, public health is at stake. Um, but you know, not every mistake that happens in utility is directly as a life or death mistake. Some yeah, of them are just something that we're going to have to start reframing, um, our thinking is not, yes, there are certain aspects that are life and death, but not every decision needs <laughs> analysis, paralysis, and fear, and death by committee, death by committee. and like, yeah, yeah. there's maybe like, put those few things that can happen in, you know, life or death, like put them up where you can see them, but know that the rest of your job, the rest of your, you know, goals don't end in death <laughs> you know like oh it's true i mean but but see that's the point right i mean i and i i'm i could be wrong but i think that's one of the reasons why it's death by committee is because we're afraid to make the hard call oh yeah we're we're, we're we need to surround ourselves with a bunch of people that all sort of nod their heads so that later mm -hmm. right if things turn south we can go well the commit the committee or the group all decided this was the best course of action and it's, mm -hmm. and it's kind of an out it's no yeah for uh, sure no one's yeah. responsibility at that point. Yep. Yep. So give us, if you can, an example of when you've taken something from theory that you've learned and actually taken action to implement it into either the way you operate or into the way your team operates. Um, well, I, you know, I think probably the biggest example of that was, and I mentioned this at Catalyst was either last year or the year before when, um, you know, I, I got the book um, that that sort of uh, 
uh, kind of changed everything for me uh, a little bit about the four disciplines of execution. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of like, we have this whole framework, this whole plan, we have this whole why, we have all of that, but how do we actually implement it? And, and the speaker that year, the author uh, of the four disciplines of execution, uh, it, was, it was just perfect. It gave us a real good sense of how we could take that theory. Uh, I, I immediately went and, and, and bought his book. I think I mentioned it at Catalyst that I ran out, I think before his talk was even completely mm -hmm. over, uh, to get the book and, and, and nobody was buying the book, right? I mean, the four disciplines of execution this seemed <laughs> like an exciting thing to read. Uh, but that was the first book I read uh, after that summit that year. And then we've implemented it across mm -hmm. the board in, in all of our teams. Um, so that's, that's huge. And then this year, I just think that I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the idea or the, the theory of, um, you know, courage to lead and, and I'm, and I'm working on right now, um, actually I'm writing in my journal today, right before we started talking about what, what is that going to really mean for me as a leader for this group to, to lead with courage moving forward in the midst of this transition of this new program and then moving into some new initiatives, uh, in, into 2019, what are going to be the actual real steps for me to be able to, to do that? Nice. Were there any books that really spoke to you? Did you run out and buy anything after this one? I did. I, of course, I always, I always come back with two or three books uh, sitting on my desk right now. I am reading one right now, a little bit every day. Um, and it's actually a book on called Servant Leadership in Action. And uh, yep. And uh, it's a really great compilation of a whole bunch of articles written by Simon Sinek's in there and a whole bunch of other people uh, writing about servant leadership and what it means and what it looks like. And it's a, it's a really excellent book. And so I decided to start with that one. And then I know we're, we're, we're giving Simon Sinek all this love today, but I actually bought his book, um, <laughs> Leaders Eat Last. And oh, so, yeah. 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 That's on and my so that'll be, the, that'll be the next book that I, I dive into after I finish this one on servant awesome. leadership. Awesome. Mm -hmm. It's really firing me up these days um, about how many conferences, summits, symposiums um, there are across the nation in our industry. And what we don't talk about enough is what you got from that and putting that into action. Yeah. You know, yeah. are yeah. you actually taking what you learned back to your staff and, mm. and breaking that down and talking about it? Are you having your staff that you just sent, you know, to these thousand dollar conferences, you know, come back and tell your, your entire staff about that? Are you putting anything into action? Or are you just going to conferences because you're allowed to go to conferences and you need, you know, CEUs, mm. you know, it's good. It's good. It's so Fire true. me up. It's, mm -hmm. it's on my, Absolutely. it's I on mean, my, that's one thing we're passionate about. And what Arian is alluding to is that that's one thing that we would actually like to do is to help people take things from a theory that they learned at a conference or something like that and actually helping implement it into action into their organization. Cause I mean, we've, we've done that. Um, even though, you know, we obviously have learned a lot from you in terms of doing that, you know, like one of the regional programs that I helped spearhead was because my friend Dustin told me about this program that they were doing out in California and sent me their presentation. I think it was from WaterSmart and, um, I contacted them and found out what they did and how they did it. And they were even willing to come out and meet with, 
um, all of the the cities in the region up here and get it going. And um, did it last forever? No, because I mean, it was able to work easier there just because of the way that it the water world is set up there. Um, it's much more complicated with 20 different cities. We're also, uh, yeah, yeah. We're all sharing the same volunteer pool too. Yeah. We're also independent here. Whereas like it was much more district led out West, but I mean, you know, like it was, it had a few good years and it was great success. Yeah. It doesn't have to go on forever to be a success, but you know, it was, uh, it was a success for a while it lasted. And the point is, the point is, That you, you can share from, these ideas yeah. and, and that yeah. you can implement them into, into what you're doing. So, um, well, it's incumbent upon us to do that. Right. I mean, right. It, it's actually, I actually think it robs people. You're cutting out on when, us. When we have, the, Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> I can now. <laughs> you can hear me. Sorry. Yeah. Um, should I let me start over? Yes. Um, I think it it actually robs us. Uh, it, it robs others of the of the opportunity when we get to go to these conferences and learn and read books and do all of that, and then we don't come back and share any of that information. We're sort of keeping it for ourselves, right. being hoarders. Uh, right. Knowledge right. Hoarder. That's, that's right. And, Knowledge and again, hoarders. That, that is. <laughs> Are you going to get a t-shirt made with that on yeah. there? Brain. That would be pretty cool. You're yeah. a brain hoarder? Yeah. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. You should do that. Get out of here I'll, with I'll your hoarding. But yeah, I mean, it, right, it robs other people. And that's not what a great leader does. A great leader um, is constantly uh, learning. And then a great leader is constantly sharing and trying to pour uh, into to those uh, around them, to, mm-hmm. to you know, the influence that they have. So uh, yeah, it is incumbent upon do that. And one of the speakers actually said, it's funny, said that, uh, you know what some of you are going to do is you're just going to go out and register for next year's summit. That's <laughs> all you do. Every year you go out and register for the next year's summit. You put your binder up on your shelf and you don't do anything with it. Yep. So it's true. Mm-hmm. It's what we do sometimes. Yep. That's sometimes. Every- I can deal sometimes. But- yeah, sometimes is all right. You know, sometimes you just want to... Go hang out, hoard network your, with all your people, and hoard your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, we all get back to the whirlwind, but you get, we'll give you a sometimes, but majority of the time, share that knowledge because maybe it's not you who's meant to implement that program. Maybe it's someone else who you tell about that program, and maybe that fires them up and inspires them. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I, Seth Godin, I'm, signed up with his email. So I get his email every morning. That's one of the things that I do every morning. And his today really resonated with me. And it was about how when you're having a conversation or an interview, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't just make the questions uh, being about basically like surface level. It said kind of like make sure that your questions or your questions are more in a conversation to figure out to figure out the dynamics or the roles or the resolution of tensions or things that can help change minds uh, to move things forward. And his question that he ended with was, if you're not working to change minds, why are you here again? And I was like, Ooh. dang, Seth, Ooh. okay. <laughs> Yikes. 
So that impacted me so much this morning that I actually, I was like, I have to write this down and put it somewhere where I see all the time. So I wrote it down and I put it on a piece of paper that I hang up because that's, here we are sitting here interviewing people all the time. And, you know, I like to think that it's more than just, who are you? What are you doing? What is your name? But, you know, I want to make sure that straight voice. I did. I went straight voice. And um, I really, I want to make sure that we're digging deep and, and getting people to share things that are going to help other people. So thank you for sharing with us your experiences and your takeaways from the affordability conference and definitely from the leadership summit. We're always excited to follow you on social media there as well and to see and and to you know add to my mile long book list of <laughs> books that I yeah, need to read I, I could I yeah oh my goodness I think every speaker at the summit has a book and it, it just you know it's just a matter of like a budget that I have that I that it, right. it would break me every year if I bought every one of the books and right. I, I'm still the I'm still the kind of guy that likes to buy a a, a book form where oh, I can yeah. hold it I can smell it I can write in it yeah, that's kind of me. So, mm -hmm. and for me, so I can highlight in it, and so mm -hmm. I can like fold my little corner, so I know what to go back to. But yep. Um, but we appreciate you taking your time again, and uh, hope that you know that you will probably be a guest again. And when I say probably, I mean definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let me give you a quick let me give you a quick encouragement because okay. again, y'all y'all, uh, I was I think I was kind of at the very beginning of when all this kind of kicked off and, and here you are a number of episodes later and uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I literally, when y'all uh, post a new episode, I cannot wait to hear it. And I, I think you already know that I get in my car and turn it on in the morning and uh, <laughs> it's not, it's not sports talk radio in the morning, right? It's, it's, it's conversations about water and communication education from you two and, and, and you ask that question all the time about how do you start your day in the morning? And uh, that's one of the ways I've been able to start my day recently is, is to start off with your podcast. So keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're making ripples and uh, you're doing work that matters for sure. Um, definitely Don't appreciate cry, that. Greg. And know <laughs> that this, uh, know that this Monday I specifically took time immediately before I took my shower. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make sure that this episode is posted on all of our social media platforms before Greg gets in his car for his commute this morning. <laughs> because I think one time I slacked and I didn't do it until I got into the office and you're like, well, I haven't heard it yet because it wasn't there whenever I got in my car. And I was like, it's there like Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, well, you, remi you reminded me to subscribe to iTunes, which, yes. which I had already Already done that and I had just forgotten to actually look there uh, so, so I'm, I'm using that now for sure well I hope that's evidence that we take our um, customer feedback very seriously and yes. I was like oh I gotta make sure this is posted for that commute so yeah that's right so we appreciate you as always lifting us up and um, being a part of our team team water that's trying to lift others up in the industry so we appreciate you and your time as always Anytime, anytime. I'm here for you. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. I love you too. And I'm glad to be a part of your journey. Yay.
You're on it with us, bro. You are. I'm going to. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Be sure to visit the h2duo.com forward slash water in real life for the show notes. We timestamp them for you and we include links to any of the resources we mentioned during the podcast. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our email list. I promise we don't bug you. We just let you know when podcasts are released and we only send something out when we have something legit to say. For real. If you're an iTunes listener, be sure to do us a solid and rate and review us on iTunes. And also be sure to follow us in our shenanigans on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore H2 duo. Shout out to our sponsor, Drop Counter. Imagine H2O brought us together and it's been awesome to collaborate with them on communication initiatives. You can learn more about them and what they do at the H2Duo.com forward slash drop counter. Also, their newsletter is legit, so you can sign up for that one too. But sign up for ours first. We hope you learned something new today, got a little different perspective, or did something that moved you one step closer to your goals. Until next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world. 